guys. Welcome back to Sit Down with Sid podcast. This is episode number 33. Our guest today is the founder and creative director behind The Wandering Mind, which is a mental health podcast and soon to be the merchandise store. After struggling her entire life with mental health and suffering from anxiety, depression, and ADHD, in 2019, she founded and started this podcast. She wanted to share her story and let others know that they were and are not the only ones who struggle with mental health problems. Her belief is that it is possible to learn on how to navigate through one's mental health struggles and live their very best lives. Without further ado, it's an honor for me to present to you all Emily Elizabeth. Hi, Emily. How's it going? Hello. Wonderful introduction. Thank you. It's going wonderful. How are you? I am doing great. First of all, thanks so much from our site uh, for giving us this opportunity to have you with us and share your story with us, you know, and the audience. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Perfect. So Emily, before we kind of dive into the main subject of the podcast, would you mind unpacking to our audience a little bit about your uh, background, where you grew and, and so forth? Yeah. So my background, I was born in Washington, D.C., and I migrated over to Louisville, Kentucky, of all places. And I've been here for most of my life. And this is where I've done the most growing and learning and evolving. And um, this is where I started the podcast. And it's a wonderful city. There's a lot of progression here over the last couple of years, which I'm really proud of. And we're doing a lot. I've started to get involved with the mental health scene here as well. So we're trying to move forward with that also. Um, but yeah, I, I operate a mental health podcast called The Wondering Mind. And it's, it's, yeah, it's my passion. I love it so much. Perfect. That's awesome. So, so let me ask you, I mean, as I, as I mentioned in the intro also that you almost struggled entire life with anxiety, depression, when did you start experiencing these symptoms and, and was there anything specific that you believe it led to these things? So for me, I noticed changes or something was off or that I was different from all of my friends uh, as early as elementary school. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think the ADHD was super prominent from the very beginning. And the older I got, the more I kind of recognized that there were difficulties and hurdles there, specifically with school. So studies were really difficult for me. I was, um, math was specifically something that was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I would look at my friends and it just seemed to come so naturally and so easy to them and certain things within school and concentrating and absorbing information. And I just, I learn differently, but the school systems that I was placed in were not set up to, to help everyone because it's a very one size fits all. So I think from the very beginning, that was something that I knew right right from day one was something that was off. And mm -hmm. because mental health wasn't spoken of at that point, I didn't know what was going on. And it was really challenging because I just wanted to feel quote unquote normal. And I was having all of these struggles and these frustrations throughout my early childhood. And I just didn't seem to understand why. So let me ask you now, if you were going through all of that, who did you seek help? Like, who did you tell 
did you go to your parents and like give us a little bit uh, kind of background on that yeah. as well so i didn't really have to tell anyone because <laughs> i'm a very emotional being um so the struggles were right there in the forefront so my parents could see that you know something was going on you know i would be sitting there with my dad uh he helped me with my homework a lot and i just would i would have these meltdowns over things that most kids probably wouldn't have a meltdown over you know they would take a break they would come back they try to figure it out and i just had like these big big blowout meltdowns and so they were like okay <laughs> something's going on not to mention you know additional aspects to my behavior that were kind of changing and evolving and they just didn't seem to understand why so I give props to my parents at the time because they actually reached out and sought out a psychiatrist, which I feel like most families, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like it wasn't very common to do something like that at that point. This was like the very early 2000s and they did. And I actually was diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age, but because of where I was at, because of the stigma surrounding that diagnosis at the time, the types of medication they were putting people on, I didn't take it seriously. And I completely disregarded the fact that that was what was going on. So I basically just told them like, no, I don't have that. I'm fine. I'm normal. Safe to say they put me on medication for a little bit. And due to the side effects, they ended up taking me off of it. Um, And then they just kind of let things be because at that point I think the side effects scared them. Uh, well, do and you mind sharing with us what what were some of the side effects? If that's okay. I, honestly, I don't remember, and they okay. don't they they didn't really tell me. I think it had a lot to do with probably my appetite, mood changes, because I know with ADHD medication, a lot of them are appetite suppressants, mm-hmm. and so when you're so young, I think I was like ten or eleven. I mean, I was young. Wow. You know, there you don't want any of that to be tampered with. Um, and it's just difficult to find that balance of putting your child on this medication, you know, absolutely nothing about. There's a whole lot of stigma surrounding ADHD, depression, anxiety, mental health in general. So I think they just freaked out a little bit and we're just like, you know what, we'll figure this out on our own. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what they did. And that's, yeah, just kind of had to roll with it. So so let me ask you now, when you were going through all of this in such a uh, young age how did it impacted living with yourself uh, your relationships and habits with family friends etc oh that's a good question because it impacted everything especially my relationships especially relationships with my parents mm-hmm. because I was going through so much and I didn't know how to express my feelings clearly or properly or in a healthy way at all I was just emotional I would have outbursts I would shut down tons of anxiety panic attacks indecisiveness I mean this was like a constant trend throughout my life for years um probably until my junior year of high school when things started to sort of evolve and go to a better place but yeah it was really tough growing up with ADHD and uh, depression and anxiety while trying to quote unquote fit in and be normal with the people that Mm -hmm. I was around while also maintaining, you know, my grades and trying to like live my life just as being an adolescent. 
it was really difficult. And having two parents who wanted to provide and wanted to help and support, but didn't know how, it just kind of added fuel to the fire. So how was your, uh, I mean, once again, at such a young age, you have your classmates and everything. I mean, was it easy for you to fit in the, in the kind of mix with them or did they notice something was off? Like, give me your perception on like, you know, what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a really great group of friends um, at the time all of this was going on. And again, I think we were so young, no one was focusing on that, mm-hmm. you know, on certain, th- I don't think they were able to pick up on stuff like that. Um, I think everyone was so focused on their growth and their lives that, you know, I was able to fit in socially just fine. Um, it kind of came to the point though, where I started to set aside what I wanted to do and just kind of followed the crowd. And I think that might've been for fear of, I don't know, just being seen as different. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, for many, many years, that's kind of what I did. I just did what everyone else did. I just kind of went with the flow and fit in as best I could just to feel some type of normalcy, but in, in hindsight, it only created additional anxiety and depression because I wasn't living in my truth. But at that age, I think it's just so hard to, to do something like that to, you know, to. Yeah. Because sometimes you're not even aware of what you're doing at that age. So, I mean, exactly. uh, So then you told us that back in high school, junior, year you started getting like things started falling in good place so 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 give us a flashback of once you got off this treatment due to the side effects how did things started falling place in a good place well I say good place lightly (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean it it shifted is what I should have said so Mm -hmm. uh sophomore year something fairly traumatic happened where a relationship that I was in ended pretty traumatically and drastically Mm -hmm. which then kind of kicked off the next phase of my mental health journey, which was drinking. Um, I think I was, yeah, it was sophomore year of high school when everything kind of erupted in my life. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel things that I had never felt. And again, with the person that I am, I feel everything so strongly. And again, at that time, I didn't know how to process what was happening. Mm -hmm. So I started to follow in the lead of the people that I was hanging out with at the time who are actually still my best friends and we've grown together mm-hmm. and evolved since then but everyone kind of just started drinking at that point in high school mm-hmm. that's when the party started to happen that's when everyone just started kind of experimenting so it was kind of odd timing because that's when I was kind of at my wits end due mm-hmm. to everything that was going on and emotionally I just couldn't handle it so I decided mm-hmm. to hop into that realm and try out drinking and see what it was like and how fun it was and how it made me feel. And from that point on, rather than having a ton of emotional outbursts, I kind of just coped with alcohol instead and utilized that to heighten my social skills and um, just kind of numb away the things that I was feeling. So is it fair to say that the alcohol was a suppressant of your symptoms? Oh, yeah, it didn't. It did not help. Um, I thought it did, you know, because, again, I was fitting in. I was doing all the things everyone else was doing. 
but it just prolonged the healing process. And it prolonged me actually sitting with myself and thinking about, you know, what was actually going on and how I was not allowing myself to process any of it. So yeah, it was definitely a suppressant. Did you, did it take you to a dark spot in life? That's my question. Like, sure. So the alcohol itself, I would say, no, the way that I utilized it to cope ended up taking me to a dark place, dark places again, because utilizing the alcohol and not recognizing that I was using it for as a coping mechanism mm -hmm. just further shoved everything that I was feeling under the rug. So I never had a moment where alcohol was like the cause of it. It was just a part of that process. Um, I wasn't the type of, it wasn't the type of thing that I was like drinking every single day per se. Mm -hmm. I was just using that as a way to forget. Um, and I just utilized it for far too long. So. Okay. Yes. And no, kind of. <laughs> okay. So, so, so tell me now, looking at yourself now, how have things evolved and where are you now? Uh, emotionally, mentally, physically in this space? I am a completely different individual when it comes to my mental health. I think, mm -hmm. yes, I still struggle. I still have all kinds of hurdles I still have to overcome, but the way that I go about doing so is completely different. I think it's in part due to, I think the isolation in 2020, mm -hmm. where we had to quarantine I think that had a lot to do with it because mm -hmm. I finally was faced with everything kind of all at once and I had no escape I had to sit mm -hmm. and think about it or I allowed myself rather to sit and think about it during that time and it was really really difficult and it was pretty miraculous though because I kept having these little breakthrough moments mm -hmm. throughout the past however long it's been two and a half two years and from where I was then to where I am now, even where I was two months ago is completely different because I'm constantly changing the way that I think and, sh and shape shifting my perspective and allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling rather than running away from it. Cause it's easy to think of thoughts that come into your head that trigger you or make mm -hmm. you feel some type of uncomfortable way. And just to kind of distract yourself and like, let it go, let it pass. But recently, and for the past couple of years, I've not been allowing myself to let certain things pass. I've allowed myself to sit with it and to think, you know, what, why does this trigger me still? How can I, how can I work through this? So the old me a couple of years ago would have never mm. been able to process certain, certain things that way. So I, yeah, emotionally, mentally, I'm just a completely evolved being. So do you, are you like, um, are you any treatments uh, or is it tell us more about that and how does that sure. help and like how long do you think will that part last in your life mm. or will there a point come when you'll be like you know what I'm strong enough to fight this on my own mm. so I think so for me I the past couple of years I was actually on three different medications mm -hmm. uh, for anxiety and depression and it was not helping me so I have been off of those for like half of the year, maybe like six months or so. And I've been in therapy for the past two years consistently. 
And mm-hmm. mind you, throughout this entire process, like since elementary school, I've been in and out of therapy. Um, that has always been something that I've had to utilize, which I'm very thankful for. But um, consistently the past two years that I've been in therapy, that's been an absolute necessity for me. I think it's just an extra tool that I can add to my toolbox to help me continue to grow. As far as how long I'll be in therapy, I'm not really sure. Um, it's something that I enjoy at this point doing, and I find it still necessary. So I think it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, whatever the situation is and how I'm feeling. Um, and then I was also recently re-diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, uh, Mm -hmm. in attempt to go on ADHD medication. Um, so I'm still in the process of all of that. And that was actually very eye-opening as well. Um, so yeah, I just, kind of take it one day at a time and utilize the tools that I have. And, and that's where I'm at. So I, I just, I'm just curious to know now the symptoms of anxiety, depression, and ADHD, are they the same, somewhat similar, or are they a little different? They're all related. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, yeah. So I've learned uh, ADHD. I feel like if you want to think of it like as an umbrella, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is the thing that is constantly in motion And depending on where my thoughts are at and the external factors, that's when the anxiety, the AD or the depression can come into play. Um, So it really just depends. Um, But yeah, I struggle with all three. And I think uh, when my depression gets really bad is typically when I feel overwhelmed, which is Mm -hmm. a common, uh, common symptom, if you will, of ADHD. Mm -hmm. So if I'm stressed or if I'm too, I have too many tasks on my to-do list or if, you know, whatever it may be, that kind of kicks in. So it's all kind of just related in the sense of whatever's going on. So. Perfect. So uh, now I want to talk about the wandering mind. I, I'm really yeah. inspired by, by what you are doing. So tell our audience a little bit about what happened in 2019. How did this idea come to your mind? What was your mission and vision? what you wanted to achieve. I'm asking you a lot of questions related to this, but I want to make sure I don't miss on anything. So please go Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. No, I, yeah. Um, so yes, 2019 was the year that this kind of popped into my head and it, it started because I had just ended a five-year relationship and I was processing everything and doing some healing and in and out of therapy on medication, just trying to figure out what was the best, you know, route for me. And at the time, one of the tools I utilized was podcasts. And I had been listening to a very inspirational podcast. Uh, and it like just hit me one day. I was sitting there listening to it at work. And I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> what if, what if I were to do something like this? Mm-hmm. And it initially, the idea in, uh, included two other individuals and we were going to make it more of like a, like a lifestyle uh, podcast where we just talked about all kinds of different issues. And then it kind of just, that ended up not happening. And so I was like, well, you know what, if, if they're not going to be all in with this, then there's still no reason why I can't mm-hmm. do this. So I kind of reevaluated the niche and like where I wanted to go with it. And at that point in time, I was in therapy and I had just learned so much, so much that year. And so I, I started the podcast and the name actually came from a, uh, 
collaboration with a friend who was helping me at the time, like come up with creative things. So we came up with that and yeah, I literally just, there was no planning. (laughs) I literally just sat with my iPhone one afternoon and was like, okay, here we go and recorded it. And that was that. Um, so the how, mission how, of it. How, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm please, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 please. Curious to know the mission. Yes. Uh, so the mission is to normalize and destigmatize speaking up about mental health because, again, for so long throughout my journey in particular, and I know so many other people feel this way, you don't feel comfortable enough to speak up about this, about what you're struggling with because of, you know, whatever it may be fear of judgment, fear of, isolation, you know, being rejected, being judged, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it it was a huge burden for so long that I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. I couldn't explain it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. And so finally, you know, going through this and getting to a place where I finally could talk about it openly, it was so freeing. And I was like, wow, like if I had a podcast where someone would just openly talk about the things that they were going through, honestly, I would have felt so much better. Mm -hmm. I would have felt so much less alone. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it was just create a community and start those conversations that are people, some people are, you know, too, too scared to have or find themselves too uncomfortable to, to speak up about and let people know that it's okay. It's okay to talk about what you're actually going through and how you're feeling because we're all human beings and we all go through shit. And everyone's normal if you Mm -hmm. will like we all have something so that's what it's turned into is bringing on incredible humans to talk about the shit that they've gone through and how they've overcome and provide comfort and advice and encouragement and just normalize talking about it so how has been the perception of your podcast so far the perception has been great so far (laughs) i mean we're two years in and there's still a lot to learn and a lot to do, but so far, I mean, even like, I don't even allow myself really to think about like how far, like we've come with this. It's kind of crazy to, to reflect on, but we've had so many incredible guests on the show and I've God, like hearing these people speak about the things that they've gone through, though it breaks my heart because I hate hearing that people have had right. to suffer, but my God, I'm just like, every time I'm like me too, or I understand, or like, I get that to some degree, like I can empathize with you. And it just further emphasizes just, just by having one single conversation, it can change someone's entire perspective and then make them feel comforted with is just kind of mind blowing. It's very powerful. So it's been, it's been really great. It's been a very, very wonderful experience. Did you surpass your own expectations? I think I did because going into it, I really didn't have any, (laughs) I didn't, it was just kind of on a whim thing, you know, the ADHD there for you. Like I I didn't play in anything. I was just like, okay, let's just, let's just do this. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I'm just excited to see where we can continue to go with it. Do you have any goal in mind where you want your podcast to be in the next three to five years or. Ooh, um, I don't really know. I hope it continues to grow. I just want to reach more people um, and have more awesome folks on the show. 
ideally I would love to do this full time. So if ever an opportunity within the 35 years arose where I could do that, that I feel would be huge because then I could actually pour everything, every single thing into it as where now I'm working a full-time job. I'm also trying to do the podcast while maintaining a social life. And I'm planning a mental health festival here in Louisville. So there's just a lot of moving pieces. Um, so that would be a huge, a huge thing that um, hopefully one day will happen. Hopefully. So, so tell our audience, uh, is it available on Apple, Spotify? Go ahead, please. Yep. It's on every single streaming platform you can name. It's there. Uh, Apple okay. and Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, um, all the things. Yeah. Perfect. I want to talk about MindFest Louisville, I, you just mentioned as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that concept and how different is that to the podcast and what's the purpose of that? MindFest is a mental health festival that mm -hmm. myself and a team of other amazing individuals have been working on for the past year and we're bringing it to our downtown. And this is to emphasize the mission of normalizing mental health while also bringing accessible resources to those who may not have access to them. Um, so we're gonna have all kinds of mental health and wellness vendors set up there with information and ways to engage with the community. We're gonna have DJs and food trucks and activities for kids and families and adults all day. And then we're gonna have um, a panel discussion. So there's like, mm -hmm. I think seven people or so. Um, they're going to just kind of sit and engage with an audience and talk about mental health. Um, it's going to be a, an amazing event. I'm, I can't, I honestly can't believe it's happening because and this, will is this just be the first time will be the first the, year, the first year. And when is yeah. it happening? What are the dates? It's May 21st. Um, and it's happening in Louisville, Kentucky at Roots mm -hmm. 101 African-American Museum. So we're also bringing Black culture and to the mix as well, which is a huge thing that we all stand for and, and support. So yeah, it's it's happening. <laughs> wow, that's pretty big though. So so let me ask you now, do you, I mean, these vendors that are coming, so I'm, I'm sure that over the past couple of years, you must have tried to build a lot of good relations with these vendors. Uh, give, give us the background a little bit about, you know, the collaboration yeah. with the vendors and all that. How does that come around? Absolutely. So actually the vendors, so the team that I have, I've built through the podcast actually. Okay. Yeah. So one individual, she's actually, there's two um, mental health professionals here in Louisville. I connected with one about two years ago, maybe no, three years ago, actually. Um, right as I was starting the Wondering Mind podcast, mm -hmm. we connected and she is like the mental health hub, if you will, here in Louisville. Um, and she's also a therapist. She knew tons of people and she connected me to a couple other folks who then came on my show. And then I pitched this idea. So honestly, it was through this group of individuals that helped us gather all of these vendors and, and bring this idea to life and put it out there into the community. Um, because they, they've been doing some really hard work for however long, for quite a while in their professions and, and networking with all these people. So they were able to assist me with that, quite honestly. But yeah. So, so is this something you will be doing every year, once a year? And, 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 and what's the purpose? Like, I'm sure when you started working with these other individuals, you must have a goal in mind. What, what's that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So yes, we intend for it to be annual. Um, it'll be at different locations every year because we're hoping that it grows. Mm -hmm. Um, but the intention again is just to normalize speaking up about mental health, bringing a community together around mental health, which here in Louisville has never really been done and allowing the community to have a fun and safe space to learn about mental health and just engage with one another. I think that's all we can really ask for and bring our community together because Louisville, Kentucky, especially has been through quite a bit over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of also just a healing uh, event as well, letting people kind of heal and learn and grow with each other. Very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this. And then uh, do people buy tickets? How, how, does, how does the attendance work? So this year it's free. <laughs> um, no, you can just come and it's from, I think it's from like 10 to 6.30. There's activities throughout the oh, day. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's an all-day event. Um, yeah, we have a website. Uh, it's www.mindfestlu.com. There's mm-hmm. more information revolve or around about, I can't talk, about the festival there. Um, you can donate. You can sign up to volunteer. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a free event this year. That's awesome. That's awesome. I have a couple of other questions before we wrap this up now. Sure. Um, like depression to me is a state of being. What does that mean to you? What does the word depression mean to you? It means a lot of things to me, actually. Um, I feel like you're, you're onto something when you say it's a, it's a state of like a being. Um, I feel like when you're, for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else. But when I'm depressed, I feel like it's my body trying to tell me something. Similarly, as when I'm anxious, my body is trying to tell me something. Um, I think that it's easier for some people to come out of depressive Mm -hmm. episodes than others. And everyone is so different. It takes everyone a different amount of time, different ways to navigate through. Um, But depression is complicated. Um, because some people can can navigate through and others can't so mm-hmm. it's really just a person by person basis but for me um yeah i would say it's a it's a state of being it's something my body's trying to tell me something like what am i neglecting what am i not doing um that that's making me feel this way or or yeah so it's complicated though <laughs> Okay, that's 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 the right way to put it. It's complicated. It is. Uh, uh, last but not the least, uh, mm-hmm. tell us more about your support system. You know, what's the biggest, what's the biggest strength you have had from others, or give us the best support system you've had got over the period of years that has helped you overcome this major hurdle in your life and is still helping you. I would say my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, because typically whenever I am struggling or going through something, I'm not one to reach out to friends. I am typically the type of person to isolate and seclude myself for fear of being a burden, which is a very, very, very common thing that a lot of people can relate to. So I have done a lot of inner work myself and relied on myself quite a bit, but I would have to say that my parents have been through a lot with me. And our relationship has definitely grown and evolved because of their support and because of their love and their 
non-judgments and being there for me in times of need. So yeah, I'm very, very lucky to say that I have two parents and a sister as well, who, Mm -hmm. who is very open with me and allows me to have that space to, to vent, to talk, to cry um, when I need to. Listen, I, I, I'm truly inspired by your story and especially your, uh, the foundation of your podcast doing this festival. I mean, you know, uh, your inspiration is really inspiring, you know. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so, uh, so as a closing statement for, from your end, you know, if there was a message you wanted to give our audience, um, take away, you know, please go ahead. Oh, wow. Um, advice. Lately, I've been kind of preaching or trying to state don't hide from your emotions Mm -hmm. I think that's a really hard thing to try not to do is to (laughs) it's easier to run away from the things that you're feeling and I've done that for so long and I finally chose to stop running and it was monumental in my growth so for anyone that might be struggling or going through something or have past trauma that they kind of just refuse to revisit in, in regards to your healing process, I can't stress enough how important it is to just feel your feelings and stop running from your emotions um, and to find that support system, reach out for help because you're not a burden. No matter what your brain is trying to tell you, you're not a burden. I think people would rather understand where you're coming from and have that transparent mm-hmm. and hard conversation than you not be here to have that at all. So that's my sense. My two cents. That's awesome. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I was just watching. I, I think it would be a good podcast for you to also watch. Uh, it's the Joe Rogan experience, the new podcast he did with Sadhguru. And uh, it was just released a couple of days ago. Uh, and the guy, this Sadhguru, who is a, one of the most influential people in India, he talks about mm-hmm. this spirituality and about human beings. And it, it, it is very interesting. And, and I, if you ever get a chance, listen to it and 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 maybe i don't know it's just a different perception of how as you said we all are human beings we all are the same we all go through stuff you know so mm-hmm. the same way he has tried to put it in a very spiritual manner so interesting i just wanted yeah. to share that with you you know thank you well emily i want to thank you so much uh you know this has been really informative you know i'm glad we were able to do this we were we've been trying for a long time and uh you know I want to wish you all the very best. We are here for you all the time, anytime. And if there is something we can do for you, please feel free to reach out to us. And uh, once again, you know, grateful to you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. This was a wonderful opportunity. And I had a fun time chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Emily. You have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye.